You're listening to Leah and Alana watch The X-Files. Leah's seen it. Alana hasn't. I'm Leah. I'm Alana. All right. Season 2, episode 13. Lucky number 13. Lucky number 13. Irresistible. I mean, you know... It's all happening. It is really all happening. And at the end of our episode last week, we talked about whether in the context of this episode, fetish would mean sexual or not. And just, you know, top of the show, first thoughts, what do you feel? Sexual or not? Um... You know, I guess it's not as clear cut as I would have expected it to be. But, like, I think my answer is yes. Great. That's the correct answer. Um, I do. I have not only thoughts, I have knowledge. I have information to share. So, some background on this episode that I found out. I'll just read it for you now. The episode's initial script, where Donnie was a necrophiliac, was rejected by Fox Mm. for being unacceptable for broadcast standards. As series creator Chris Carter described it, when I handed the script in, it was really for a necrophiliac episode. And that just didn't fly. You cannot do the combination of sex and death on network television. Carter was forced to tone down the script by changing Donnie from a necrophiliac to a death fetishist and diminishing Donnie's sexual obsession. He considered that the sexual content was implied and understood by audiences, which I would agree with. I would agree with as well. Um, Yeah, I mean, the actor definitely showed up knowing that this was sexual and like definitely there could be some necrophilia going on we just weren't shown it is how I felt yeah absolutely the actor was well I thought he was great in this role um Mm -hmm. he was very creepy he was very scary did a great job but also like the victims that this character was going after were at first teen girls and then sex workers and then Scully. So there definitely is a sexual element to who he's choosing here. Oh, absolutely. It's, it's attractive young women, even if, you know, young either means teenager or in their twenties. Um, Yeah, I thought he was pretty terrifying. Um, He did a fantastic job at being very creepy, like, from the get-go. Like, kind of the first shot that we have of him, I was like, I'm uncomfortable. (laughs) Same. From the get-go, just as soon as you see him, you already know it's going to be upsetting. But then... He's at a funeral because he works for the funeral home. And one of the other funeral workers tells him, we have to keep this body overnight. And just from how his face reacts to that, I just sighed and was like, no, this is not going to be good. And it wasn't. No. Yeah. You know, you know, right away, this is not going to go well. And it, it really doesn't. He does, uh, in the first funeral, it's the funeral of what I believe is a teen girl. And then later, the other funeral worker catches him cutting her hair. Uh, And when we see her haircut, it's kind of, he hasn't been allowed to finish. So that's, that's part of it. But he's just given her a bad haircut at this point. It's not really even that short. It's not like he hasn't got it to pixie length. It's still past her shoulders. It's just bad. He just appears to be like chopping at it. Um, Which I thought was a strange choice because like, I mean, I guess maybe his goal is that he gets all the hair and it's just super choppy on the way there. But it's like... I just, it was just upsetting to me that he was cutting it in the way that he was. 
I feel like with this episode, it just made me think that I feel like the past few episodes of the X-Files have had some type of sexual assault related element, some type of thing that makes me uncomfortable like that. And when I was watching this, I was like, you know, this season can basically be like the X-Files SVU. Yeah, this episode specifically to me felt like it could have been taken out of like any crime show, definitely SVU, something like that. But it was like a pretty standard like sex fetishist murderer. I don't know how common that is <laughs> that I've called it standard, but it just felt like pretty much like crime show, not necessarily X-Files, but you know, that's, that's okay, I guess. In fact, this episode at near the beginning, the people that call in Scully and Mulder are like, Oh, yeah, he's like, we think it's aliens. I think it's an alien because it's, you know, in line with, you know, cow mutilations and other things. And Mulder's like, no. And it's like, where are we? What show are we on? It's not aliens? It's not aliens. But the thing about Mulder is that he immediately doesn't believe that it's aliens And I do feel like this is a pattern with him is that it's never aliens when other people suggest it's aliens. Only aliens when he suggests it's aliens. I think that that is definitely accurate. And we kind of get to see Mulder flex like a different muscle in this episode where he's kind of referring back to when he used to be like, I can't even now recall what his job title was, but he would kind of do profiles of criminals, but uh, specifically like he would do psychoanalysis to help them catch people. And it seemed like he was kind of drawing upon that a lot in this episode where he was like, well, we need to figure out why he'd be doing this um, in order to figure out who it is because they don't really have any clues uh, or evidence for quite a while but before that he's not really interested in this case at all uh he isn't planning on staying and scully asks him why they came out to minnesota to investigate this when he knew from the beginning it wasn't an alien he shows her a pair of football tickets and basically says that he came out so that they could go to a football game together which I have a lot of thoughts and feelings about this, but my main one is would this have been a date had they been able to go to this football game? Um, Yeah, I think he was planning a super elaborate date. Um, And I think that that's very sweet. Um, (laughs) When did he get these tickets? I don't know. Um, But it definitely seemed like he's like Scully. No, I I brought you here to take you to this game. Like, babe, come on. (laughs) He flew her from Washington, D.C. to Minneapolis to go to this game, which I do have to say is a terrible use of department funds. But, you know, the police need defunded anyway. So I guess this is just another reason as to why. Because these detectives are just, you know, flying places, pretending they're going to investigate cases and really going to football games. Yeah. I also wasn't sure, like, this is not important. Maybe I'll edit this out. But, like, was it a football game? Because I thought it was. He says the Redskins versus the Yankees, I think. And, like, (laughs) my understanding of those teams is that Redskins is a football team and Yankees is a baseball team. But I don't know what the names of the teams were in 94. It could have been different. (laughs) I just don't think there's any way he said the Yankees. But if he did, that is so funny. (laughs) I thought, I definitely thought he did. Um, And I guess I just think, like, you know, I know Mulder likes baseball. Whereas I don't 
know he likes football, but. But uh, yeah, they don't get to go to this football game. And it really just made me be like, well, what would have happened had they gone? You know. Would they be together right now? No, I mean, I don't think so. I think it would have been like Mulder trying to like almost like woo Scully. But then like if Scully were to be like, was is this a date? He would have been like, no, no. I mean, no. Like, did you think it was a date? Oh, my God. No. Um, because he would have been embarrassed that she even had to ask. And then he would have, you know, fucked up and blew his shot. But and then she would have been like, damn, you know, like I wanted it to be a date. But then they'd both be like too uncomfortable to say it. That's how I think it would go down. Yeah, that sounds about right. But, like, does Skelly even like football? Like, did you just waste her time and fly her out to Minneapolis to see a game she's not even interested in? I mean, almost definitely, yes, he did. Um, Because he clearly wasn't really thinking about what she would like. He was just thinking about what he would like and then was like, this is a nice grand gesture. And, like, I think then he stopped thinking. Yeah. Well, this guy dug up more bodies or killed somebody. So Mulder didn't get to go. Yeah. I mean, oof. Kind of a bummer. Would have been way more fun. What if this episode was just Mulder and Scully going, going to watch sports and that was it? <laughs> I would watch that episode and I would probably enjoy it a lot <laughs> so yeah this guy kills a um, a prostitute and it is I mean just a major bummer it's a very creepy scene I mean him picking up the prostitute is like a little creepy you obviously know something's gonna go wrong as soon as she should have known I think he brought her to his apartment, which I would assume is a red flag. And then is like trying to run her a bath and wants to like shampoo her hair. And it's just all like, mm, my skin was crawling. I was like, this is, I don't, I don't, I don't want this. I don't, I want this girl to leave. Yeah, it was a very creepy scene. It was very upsetting. He runs her a cold bath, which is another weird, upsetting detail. And then when she walks into his bedroom, it's like adorned with all of the sympathy wreaths from various funerals, I guess, which is also really scary. She does know something's wrong but I feel like this episode has a few women being I don't know it's like with this woman I think that she knows something's wrong and is fighting her instinct to run a lot of the time but there are other women in this episode who seem to have no instinct that something is wrong with this very weird guy and it's just very upsetting to watch because you know what's going to happen yeah. Yeah, you do. Like the scene that I'm talking about is so he's now this woman's delivery man. He comes into her home to put stuff that he's delivering away. He meets her teenage daughter and is immediately just so obviously creepy with the teenage daughter. And then after seeing this, out of the blue and for absolutely no reason at all, this mother who has seen him be extremely creepy to her teenage daughter is like, hey, just so you know, just in case we're, you know, ever not home, we always keep our back door unlocked. There's no reason she needed to tell him that. She was just plain stupid. Um, She was also like super fond of like their past delivery guy. And so just was like, you know, really wanting to form a bond with this guy, which, you know, I don't know, get to know him first. And I also... I mean, I guess I guess it's not that weird that he came in and, like, unloaded, I don't know, what was it meat? I don't really know what was being delivered. Um, but I was just like, just leave it at the door. Like, why is he being invited in anyway? Like, don't let this man into your home. And definitely don't tell him that you never lock your back door. 
Right. Regardless of, I mean, if it was the original delivery guy who she felt like she knew and who had been her delivery guy for years, I still don't think you should tell that guy that you leave your back door unlocked all the time, let alone a man you literally just met and who is giving off such bad vibes. I also think that the woman who hired him for that job was oblivious. There was a moment where I was like, oh, she thinks he's weird. But then was, like, suddenly fine with his whole thing, even though he, like, identified her lipstick color by name, which I still don't quite understand why, how he did that. Um, And then hires him. And it's like, I don't, woman, I don't, why did you do that? Why did you go and do that? Well, she saw that he was religious, and she was like, oh, cool. He must be a good guy then. I mean, that is how it works. There is one woman that we have to give props to. Uh, He's taking a college class, and he sees this uh, college-age woman that he gets creepy about. He follows her to her car, and you can immediately tell she knows what's up. She knows he's not a guy to be around um and she does fight back and seems to kick him in the balls and gets away so good for her yeah she was not fucking around and i love her for that she was like absolutely not she could tell he was creepy and wasn't gonna stick around to find out more yeah she went for his most vulnerable area that like she should have and she succeeded she was you know she was truly a hero uh, in this episode so another big part of this episode is what's going on with scully because during this whole episode i'll just say she's not okay she's very not okay yeah she is um She's having a hard time from from the beginning, the second they're kind of in the graveyard, um, you know, and there's this body dug up that they realize someone has tampered with. Sounds too mild, but basically, you know, and she's she's pretty taken aback and very upset. And just as things evolve and as the episode goes on, she's just more and more upset. There's a point where we kind of see her, I guess it's an, a nightmare, but like, is it a, a flashback where like, you know, she's seeing um, things happen to these women and then sees like herself as the one and then kind of a strange figure um, that could potentially be related to her abduction. And we kind of see that this episode is maybe bringing up memories or some sort of PTSD symptoms for her. Um, And we haven't really seen the show acknowledge her abduction, obviously, as we've complained about for the past episode or so. Um, But we do see that start to happen in this episode and see that she is affected by what happened. And uh, it is making it incredibly difficult for her to... uh, participate at all in this case really definitely she's having a very hard time she has that dream where she kind of sees herself she also in the office at the top of the episode um when she's looking through photos of victims she sees herself in one of them Mm -hmm. um yeah she's having flashbacks she's maybe having nightmares she's just really struggling and I was like, okay, finally, finally ring into her emotional state over what happens to her. And we don't, I mean, I guess she does have that conversation with her therapist, which kind of gives us some insight into how she's feeling. But I do have to say that at one point, her therapist is like, your file shows that you were extremely ill recently and that your life was in danger. And I was like, well, that's not all that happened. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I the therapist was like, I think, a social worker at the FBI. So, like, 
just someone she can go see, but someone who probably doesn't have a solid background on Scully and therefore doesn't actually know what happened. Um, It is interesting that that's all her file says, but I guess, I mean, they could put kidnapping of some sort in it, which I think is probably important information, even if, you know, they don't specify or give more details because we simply don't have them. But um, that woman definitely didn't have a, a full understanding of what Scully's been through. And obviously neither does Scully, really. Um, but it does seem that she's starting to maybe remember or things are starting to come back. And it is it is really fucking with her. Yeah. And this therapist, this social worker, also asks if she has a problem trusting her partner. And, you know, if not, why can't she talk to her partner about this stuff? And she says that she doesn't want Mulder to know because she doesn't want him to feel like he has to protect her. And then she says that, like, her faith in her job comes from feeling like she needs to protect other people. And she wants that faith back. But I think she doesn't explicitly say this, but I think that it's implied her faith in being able to protect other people has been shaken probably because she wasn't able to protect herself and she doesn't even know what happened to herself. So, you know, not only does she not want Mulder to feel like he has to protect her, I think she is in this position where she wants to protect everybody, but doesn't trust her ability to do so. Right. I think that's a spot on analysis. Um, You are a better therapist for Scully than Scully's therapist. And um, yeah, I think it was hard for me to watch Scully be, I think, so upset in this episode and so shaken. Um, And she's only even in the office with that social worker or therapist because she tells Mulder she wants to kind of go back to DC and, um, you know, try and see if she can analyze the body and all of these other things because she wants to get away from the case and what's happening. Um, but she doesn't really even tell Mulder that she's just kind of like, no, I'm fine. And he's like, if you can't handle it, like, it's okay. I understand like this happens to a lot of people. It's, you know, an extremely upsetting. And she's like, no, I'm fine. I just think I can do important work there. Yada, yada, yada. But she is not fine. She's not, and he knows that she's not, and we kind of, like, see it through glances throughout, you know, most of the episode that he knows that she's having a hard time, and he doesn't really know what to do about it. I think he's, I don't want to say frustrated, because he's not angry at her, but I think he knows that she's keeping stuff from him, and he doesn't want her to. Like you said, he tells her... Um, I don't want you to think you have to hide anything from me. Agents with 20 years of experience fall apart on these types of cases, which I think is, is a nice thing for him to say. Like, I think he understands why she might as like a younger female agent might not want to admit to having difficulty with this type of stuff. Like she might think that that makes her, bad at her job Mm -hmm. and he's saying like no it doesn't like please talk to me about this stuff like it's normal it's okay I'm not gonna like think less of you which is nice of him but she she doesn't really take it to heart no I think she I mean she just I think doesn't want to admit the depth of feeling she's having because like it is obviously connected to her abduction and right after she returned from that situation you know he was like you don't need to be on cases like you can take it easy you don't have to come you can stay here and I think she doesn't want to like go back to that place where he's always trying to protect her or you know where he thinks she can't handle other things because even though it is sort of the specifics of this case that are triggering 
um, her and maybe her memory, she knows that like admitting that leads to talking more about maybe what she's remembering and feeling about her abduction ex- experience. And like, she doesn't want to go back to being the person that he needs to like protect and that, you know, she's not ready to, to be at work again, which is understandable. But at the same time, it is like, Scully, girl, we got to deal with this shit. Yeah, I think a therapist even mentions at one point, like, you're clearly having a, a problem being vulnerable here, which she is. But I guess thinking about it now, I also wonder if it's difficult for her that, like, Mulder's not doing anything wrong, but he is not taking this case personally at all. Like she has a very hard time seeing that first body. And immediately afterwards, he's just like, eh, whatever, let's go to a football game. And she's like, I I don't understand. Like, how are you? Okay. And he says something like, Oh, I I prepared before we came. Like I I knew what I was going to see. And I, I prepared myself, but throughout the whole case, he's like, not super interested in it. I think he doesn't even feel like they should necessarily be working it. Like he's helping, but he's not like too invested. And I wonder if that inadvertently makes it hard for her to talk to him because he's having such a different experience than she is. Yeah, I think it probably does. Um, Yeah. And he is just like, I mean, they're really only there and helping because I mean, they were called out there, and he was like, well, great, I'll get to go to this game. Um, but when they realize that this person will probably, you know, start to, you know, like, he, he's a fetishist, and he was digging up graves or, like, um, taking from the dead, they were like, he's probably going to intensify, and he'll start murdering because his fetish is increasing, and he's going to, you know have stronger urges and they're like, you need to be on top of this. And they're like, we don't have a team for that. We don't, we don't have people to be on this case. We don't, we're not that kind of police force. This is a small town in Minnesota. And so they're like, okay, we'll help. But like, it's not an X file. And I think he's disinterested partially because of that. And partially because you know, like I was saying before, it's kind of like the work he used to do. And so I imagine he does have this kind of like ability to disconnect from the work, um, which allowed him to do this work previously. And now he's just kind of like, well, I guess I'll do it because I'm here. But, you know, Skelly doesn't have that experience. And Skelly also has had a recent traumatizing experience. It's making all of this incredibly hard for her. And you know, he's being nice, but he's not. Yeah, I think you're right that like his his kind of disinterest is like making it harder for her to to come to terms with, you know, the effect that it's having on her. Yeah, definitely. It's also kind of like, I mean, like, I don't know what happened to Scully when she was abducted. They haven't shown us what happened to her. I mean, I guess we did have that one random image of when she was pregnant um, of these like things going into her body. But if that is true, if things, you know, were going into her body, she was, and it seems likely physically violated. And this is a case that is implying some, some type of sexual assault. And we've also seen this in, you know, the episode that was about the senior care home where there is a sexual assault there. And Scully cares about it a lot and is the only one who cares about it. And Mulder has a different experience with that. And it's just, it's just different for him than it is for her. Sure is. I mean, frankly, Scully's probably just still pissed at him for his behavior in that episode and therefore feels uncomfortable talking to him about how she feels now. I mean, I think that's fair and that makes sense. Um, But to your point about how this uh, police station doesn't have the people to work on this case, we can see that that is true, that they definitely couldn't handle this on their own because they lock up 
our villain here, Donnie, when the college girl attacks him, but then tell Mulder and Scully that somebody else is the perpetrator. And they're just like totally wrong. And not only are they totally wrong, but once they figure out that the guy who isn't Donnie isn't, you know, their perpetrator, they just don't even consider that this other guy who tried to assault a college girl could be the guy they're looking for. Yeah. The, <laughs> it's a, uh, I mean, I don't know if either no one's communicating at this station or they're just oblivious and, and aren't thinking things through, but I mean, they have like two people in there for potential assaults of women and they only thought it was the other guy because he was with a prostitute. And it's like, just because this guy killed a prostitute doesn't mean that's like the only people he's victimizing. Cause it wasn't before it was just, you know, an easy target, but con- consider the one other man in your jail, please. <laughs> right. Who's also arrested for being violent towards women. They're like, no, she dropped the charges, so he's free to go. Nobody worry about it. Nobody bring it up. Nobody talk about it. Yeah, they have to let him go because Scully has to be in danger again. That's just a requirement for an X-Files episode. She has to be in danger. She has to be traumatized. Uh, it fuels the show. You know, it's <laughs> it's integral to the plot, apparently. It is. And honestly, this time, it made me so angry. And I think it's because we already know that Scully is having such a hard time with the trauma she's already faced. Like, she's having a hard enough time with her PTSD from everything she's already been through. And now you're going to put her through more shit with some, you know, necrophiliac fetishist? Yeah. Yeah, they are. Because they fucking suck. Um, Oh, I just want to give Scully a hug after this episode, honestly. Yeah, me too. I just, I just want the writers to be nice to her. I don't want to keep watching her being in pain. That's not something that is enjoyable to me. Well, Alana, I would. Oh, no. (laughs) I don't have good news for you. <laughs> it's going to be okay, but Ugh. I mean, it's not like smooth sailing for Scully throughout this show, um, for sure. We're only two and a half seasons in, and already the rate at which she gets kidnapped by the people they're going after is insanely high. Yeah, it's, like, way too high. And, I mean, listen, it's not applicable in this episode, but I will say that, you know, her lifestyle choices at home, her light bulbs aren't helping her. And I just think it's something she should, you know, experiment changing. You know, she should should switch it up. Switch it on. And by that, I mean the lights. Well, I mean, if you... Blame her for that. In this episode, she is driving in the dark. It's dark outside. It's dark in her car. I mean, I, what are your feelings on that? I, I think she shouldn't have gone back to Minnesota. No, but she shouldn't have. She did, and it's not her fault that it was nighttime. Okay, I'm not going to blame her for this one. And and you know, I'm not trying to blame her for the other ones. I just think that that she could, you know, be able to see more in her home than she's normally able to. Um, (laughs) But she is in DC and she's like, I'm not even sure that I'm going to go back. She like tells this guy and then she gets a call from someone and the guy's like, oh, I didn't recognize the name though. And she like calls back and Mulder was like, no, I didn't call you. And you know, this other detective didn't call you. And she's like, well, I'll come back anyway and not consider the fact that someone is tracking me down. And the only reason that that creepy motherfucker knows her name or who she is 
is because the other guy in the jail who was brought in for, you know, potentially attacking a prostitute is like, oh, yeah, those were FBI agents. I don't remember the guy's name, but the woman's name is Scully. And, you know, all of a sudden, little old Donnie is like, eyes locked, ready to find her. Yeah, it's stupid. It's so stupid. People, I, not people, men are united against Scully in this episode. They're trying to take her down. I don't appreciate it. This guy runs her off the road, literally runs her off the road, forces her into a car accident. She's already been kidnapped in a car. Just come on, people. Give the woman a freaking break. Give her a break. This literally just happened. She just got back. Or, I mean, we don't know how much time has passed, but it feels very recent. It's got to be. I mean, at least within a year. So I'd say unless you're five years out, this isn't going to be appropriate. (laughs) Yeah, the five-year mark, it's okay. but Yeah, then it's fine. Run her off the road all you want. But for now, let her be. At least give her five years. This isn't as important um, as Scully's feelings, but when this happens and when Mulder realizes that Scully has been kidnapped again, I was like, wow, imagine what he feels like too. Now he's reliving his worst nightmare. His, you know, the love of his life has yet yet again been captured by one of the perpetrators he's hunting down yet again, he has failed to protect her. Not that I, I actually think that that is his job, but I think that that is probably what he is thinking. Oh, definitely. And especially this soon after her last kidnapping, like he's got to be like, motherfucker. Like, <laughs> how do I keep letting this happen? Cause part of it is like, you know, they didn't catch this guy fast enough, right? He's got to be like, if only we could have gotten him sooner. And he also knows she wasn't doing well. So, like, he's probably also like, I should have really told her not to come back. Like, why did I let her come back? Yeah, but, I mean, let's be honest. If he had said not to, she probably wouldn't have listened because she would have been like, he's only saying this because he's worried about me and I'm fine. I have to prove that I'm fine, so I'm going to come anyway. Because yeah. we love Scully, but... She's a little stubborn. She is. I mean, that's what we love about her. But yes, she is. I I did take note of one part where Mulder is um, clearly going through some emotions about Scully being kidnapped again. And he says something like, people film police beatings in the dark every day, but nobody saw a pretty woman being run off the street. <laughs> Which... I don't know. That's some. That's a choice thought there, Mulder. Yeah, it's very, it's very specific. Um, and it's like, well, she was in the car. Like, no one really would have necessarily known she was a pretty woman, <laughs> right? Um, yeah. I mean, they could have left that line out. Is what I'll say. Could have. They could have. I mean, at least he's admitting uh, that police beat people a lot. Yeah, they do. But I can't really, you know, say that he's necessarily happy that people are um, capturing it. No, he doesn't seem like it. Doesn't seem uh, that way. But, you know, back to Scully. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Look, we're going to forgive him for what he's saying. He's out of his mind with worry about Scully. Exactly. That's, you know, we don't usually like to excuse men's behavior, but uh, here we do excuse Mulder's um, a lot. (laughs) Yeah, only Mulder's. That's it, though. Like, we're not going to make him excuses for fucking Donnie over here. So, you know, bear with us. Yeah. Well, when Donnie has Scully captured, um, he takes her to his mom's house because clearly this man who hates women so much has some type of thing with his mom. 
So he takes Scully to his house and is running her a bath. And at one point is like getting ready to force her to take a bath and is, you know, talking about the shoe, the shampoo thing. And he says, he asks Scully just very plainly, is your hair normal or dry? Which made me laugh a lot. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I just thought it was interesting that he didn't ask her if it was color treated. Um, Like he asked the blonde woman. Um, Just he needs to know if it's dry. And I just would love to know, like, how many shampoos does he have? And what are they all for? Because it seems like he's got a lot of different options. Well, clearly one's for dry hair and one's for normal hair. Yeah. One's for dry, one's for normal, one's for treated, one's not. (laughs) (laughs) He has at least four shampoos and he cares a lot about which one he uses. Well, yeah, it's got to be the right shampoo. I don't like thinking about him shampooing anybody. Mm -mm. This is also a weird thing because, like, he's interested in shampooing these women's hairs, but he didn't have this compulsion before because before he was doing everything with dead women. You know, like, I don't think that Mm -hmm. he was washing the dead women's hair. Well, maybe he washed it once he got it home. Yeah. I don't know, though. But see, that's what I'm saying. Like, with these women that he's about to murder, he's like, wants to care for it. He's like, it has to be the right shampoo. It's going to be clean. She's going to have a nice bath. I mean, it's going to be cold, but it's going to be nice. (laughs) There's like candles and shit. Yeah, I guess maybe him now dealing with alive women has opened the realm of possibility of what he's able to do. So he's really branching out. Yeah. he's. I mean, his fetish is growing now. It's, it's not just hair, but he has the opportunity for it to be freshly washed with proper shampoo. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So while Scully is, you know, being actively kidnapped, Mulder is like desperately trying to piece together and figure out who this man might be. They're able to pull a print um, and, you know, are like, well, he obviously hates his mom. So pull up her address. It's like Florida. And then they're like, well, does she have a house here? And they're able to go and find the house. I mean, thank God. And, um, sort of save Scully, but it's also like, I don't know, some of the damage is already done. Like, yeah, she didn't get killed, but, like, she's clearly been traumatized again, so. Oh, the damage is definitely already been done. She, you know, has been kidnapped. She's been roughed around. She falls down an entire set of stairs. And at the point when Mulder walks in, she's essentially already saved herself. Like, she's about to get the gun and shoot Donnie. So, like, she's already been through all the shit. So, like, sure, Mulder comes in and saves her at the last second. But she's, as always, basically already saved herself. Yeah, Mulder's really just there for appearances. But uh... Yeah, he is. And they, you know, once Donnie's dead or whatever happens to him, I don't even remember. I don't even care what happens to him. Um... Mulder and Scully have a very tender scene at the end where, you know, Mulder is like trying to see how she is. And she's like, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. And then she's so clearly not fine. And she breaks down and they hug and she cries into him while they're hugging. And it's very tender and it's very sweet. But at this point, I was just feeling like this is so deeply sad. Like she is so deeply traumatized I can't really even enjoy this moment between them because it means that Scully has gone through so much shit yeah yep she (laughs) she has been through so much and yes it, it it is a sweet moment and she kind of like gives in to 
feeling and feels somewhat safe enough to do so with Mulder, but it is just like, like it's just devastating to the point that, you know, the Mulder and Scully dynamic is, is not important in this moment. Yeah. Oh, Scully. I just want you to be okay. I mean, listen, she'll, she'll find her way. (laughs) And I do think Donnie is not dead. I think they just arrested him. Um, So. Well, too bad. A shame, really. Another aspect of this episode is that at various points, normally in the dark, people sometimes see Donnie looking like something else. Like he kind of looks like a devil. What I thought looked like how I would imagine the actual Jersey devil, just to Mm. throw that out there. Um, But I think that it's meant to kind of be like, you know, is there something supernatural going on here? And the answer is that no, it's not. As I've said many times, I expected a lot of X-Files episodes to be in the end, like, oh, actually, the real monster is men. Um, And that hasn't happened a lot. This is actually the first time that has happened. But it's finally happened. The real monster that we're chasing here is humans, and specifically men. And, you know, amen is all I'll say. (laughs) (laughs) Um, also, this episode was written by Chris Carter and was not overly convoluted and confusing. So I just felt like, you know, we should congratulate him for that. That is pretty cool to know. Um, I'm, I'm proud of him. I am proud of him. And I was going to say that um, I also found some info about, you know, this whole idea of people seeing Donnie as like a devil or as like various things. And I read this quote from Chris Carter where he said, um, there are reports of people who had been under the spell of Jeffrey Dahmer, who actually claimed that he shapes shifted during those hours when they were held hostage, that his image actually changed. So they pulled on Mm. some, you know, real life stuff going on here. Interesting. And then another quote, which I think is from the director of this episode. He said, in many ways, Chris wanted to sell the idea that as established in Mulder's closing dialogue in the show, not all terror comes from the paranormal. It could come from the person next door. Jesus. That's what I've been saying every episode would be. It's only happened once, but at least I got it one time. You got it. And, you know, they really delivered when they, when they went for it. So at least you can be pleased with that as well. Yeah, they did. I, I mean, I, I did really like this episode. I thought it was really well done. It was creepy. It was scary. Their villain was great. And even though they never really explicitly spelled out what Scully is going through in relation to her own abduction and trauma, I thought it was nice that we finally got some nod to her having been through shit, even though it meant she had to go through more shit. Right. Yeah. I mean, really they did it in a way that makes sense where it's like, okay, Scully's back and like clearly doesn't want to talk about it. Doesn't really know what happened. Can't remember it. And it's going to be these like little moments where it's like, oh, this is bringing up something for her that like causes the conversation to come around. Cause partially I think she just doesn't want to have to deal with it. And she doesn't want to talk about it. She didn't even want to talk about not wanting to do this case. So I think it makes sense the way they're doing it. Um, And I think that this episode was like the perfect kind of like, yeah, we didn't dive deep into it, but that's like just not how the character of Scully would handle it. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. 
But there is an alternate universe where none of this happened and Scully and Mulder went to a Yankees and Redskins game and had a perfectly fine evening. It was football versus baseball and it was crazy. That's a game I would like to see. I would like to see a football team take on a baseball team while both of them are still playing with their, you know, respective uh, sports equipment. All right. Well, next week, our episode is called something I am nervous about pronouncing. So I'll just read the description and say that the agents investigate a murder in a small town populated by devil worshippers. Mmm. Okay. Do you want to take a stab at pronouncing that title? You know, I meant to look it up um, before this because I thought that I should probably know how to say it. Um, but I think it's probably uh, Die Hand Die Verlets. Verlets. Yeah. So that I think perfect. I, I nailed it and nobody yeah. tell me that it's wrong. Yep, it's it's correct. And even if it's not, I'm going to dub in you saying it uh, anywhere they might say that word in the actual episode. Okay, perfect. I can't, I can't wait. Aliens, if you are listening, um, sorry you couldn't be in this episode, guys. You know, I mean, but. If you're free, you should come get us because we're scared. 